64 of the K Podcast. We got a special guest here today. There ain't no box for this lady right here, you understand? Miss Tyler the Creator, how you doing? Oh my god. <laughs> I love that handle that you got because it I feel like it encompasses what you do, you know? You create, you I connect just, the dots, like you said. I just make shit. <laughs> I just create exactly. I just create what I want to see. The builder. I mean yeah. Bob the builder, you know? <laughs> Barbara the builder. Barbara the builder. <laughs> <laughs> now, how are you doing tonight, Tyler? I am perfect. That's, I am I am well. Well, perfect. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you being here tonight. Um like we said briefly off mic, I just wanted you to kind of shed some light for people who don't know. Most people watching this probably do already know you, but for those who may not, what's up, bro? For those who may not, um, just kind of shed some light on what you do around here. I mean, I've seen you put together every show. Yeah, countless shows, being a part of the shows yourself, being behind the scenes for the camera. So, I mean, where do you want to start? You tell me. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you personally because you are like one of the most supportive people I've ever met. (laughs) And we weren't even, it's not like we were like bosom buddies, but just like from jump sharing things of like it, oh, of course not even tagging me and just you just sharing stuff and i'm on your stories being nosy and it's like <laughs> oh wait that's me um and coming to so many of my programs and shows it just means the world to me and i'm just really salut salut and i'm really just grateful um hold up damn right <laughs> <laughs> no of course i mean your fam, I met you through my fam, but uh, Gene, you know what I mean? So I already knew what time it was. And I've seen your work. Your work speaks for itself, you know? I mean, where love needs to be shown, it gets shown, you know what I mean? I love me some Gene, so I really yeah, hope shouts that Gene, to Gene. To this. We're getting on you here soon, bro. I know you, you see me. You need to talk. <laughs> because um, funny thing about Gene is Gene's a big part of the reason why I can do any any of this stuff. The like photography and videography? It, yeah. Gene was an instrumental part in teaching me how to light and okay. teaching me why light's important and how to focus, how to get the story that I want to tell by lighting. And that was him, you know. How'd you get connected with Gene? Uh, I met Gene through Matane. Okay. And it was, um, I met... I met Gene through Matain for a music video that he was doing uh, for the Brown Honey video. Okay, yeah, yeah. And that's how we met. And then we reconnected, I think in, I want to say either August of 2019. Yeah, August of 2019, Gene reached out and was like, hey, I really want to do some work with you. I think you're dope. And I'm like, okay, I think you're dope. Uh, Yeah. And Gene has just held me down 
so much like during this growth process like nice. he is um i'm so happy for him and he's gone yeah I miss what he's him. doing right now i don't want to spoil his yeah you know his wins i, I he's miss him it. but this is i really hope that he's able to reap all the rewards from the amount of love and patience and care and information that he's just shared so freely not just with me but with everyone that comes in contact with him so hell yeah yeah. That's the motherfucking Gene. Yeah. This is gonna be the Gene episode. <laughs> um, no, up. <laughs> no, yeah. Hey, you, exactly. He'll be on here soon enough. And yeah, again, shouts to Gene. He, I think this camera's his over here. But <laughs> um, so you meet Gene. He teaches you about lighting. This is when you're just kind of getting into photography and videography no i have been doing it for for about a year or so, so but you, you already had view house established i had this is tyler's view which okay. is funny because i didn't i started photography and videography not really having a plan or mm -hmm. knowing what i want to see from it i was posting my pictures on my personal instagram and my friends were like this is great, Bigging but yeah, like, but we need you to see more of you on your page. Okay. This is like everybody else's page. Yeah, so I yeah. created a second page called This Is Tyler's View. And I was like, I don't know what else to call it. This is my view. It's <laughs> my view. So fast forward to 2020, we're in lockdowns. Mm -hmm. And I got some love from my girlfriend, um, Janessa. Like we became friends. Janessa. From Orlando. Well, she was helping out Orlando Weekly. Okay. And she's like the magazine. Yeah. Nice. And she's like, look, I can get you some work. I really want to make sure that the business side is established. Like, what's your business? Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is the time to go ahead and establish the house. OK. And the reason why I named it this is it went from this is Tyler's view to view house oh, was wow. because I always intended on Gene always working with me. Mm -hmm. And if I needed Gene to show up where I couldn't. Or something, you know, it's the house. When if you say this is Tyler's view, you're always going to expect you. Tyler. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I really want this to be a moment where we can empower other creatives. Team effort. To create a team. And that way it can take some, you know, some weight off of me too. So that's how View House came to be. Okay. Yeah. And I know, do you primarily do weddings or that's just like one lane? No, I've, that's just one lane. That's what I thought. Because I when I first discovered View House and everything, mm -hmm. I it seemed like it was only wedding photos. So I kind of thought that's what it was at first. But then naturally, as time's gone on, I said, okay, here's a whole slew of other shit. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to View House, I, I have to make my bread. And as a videographer, there's a difference between being a, film, a filmmaker and a videographer. Mm-hmm. View House is simply for videography and photography. Mm -hmm. That means whatever is going to come my way. The creative brand or manifestation of me and what I see for me is under This Is Tyler. Okay. Because View House is like, with corporate videos, we've done uh, classes, like digital classes to be uploaded on, you know, like Skillshare and those type of platforms for clients. Mm -hmm. Weddings, this includes event recaps, anything you can think of when a person comes and says, I want to hire you there. And, but this is, these are the guidelines in which we want. So wedding is bound by tradition. Yeah, you know, you can't be art. You can't be can't, too. Yeah. Yeah. Too outside the box. No. <laughs> so that's under view house, but anything where it's under complete, my creative control, my concerts that I film, 
like any of that type of stuff. Where it's your view. Yeah, it's just Tyler. (laughs) This is Tyler. Okay. Now that makes sense, and that's see. And I I don't articulate that because I I never heard that explanation before, and and I don't care to explain it. (laughs) It's like, do you want to hire? Yeah. Are you going to pay me? You need videos or no? Right. That's it. That's all you need to worry about. But yeah, it's nice to talk about it though. (laughs) And do you? No. Yeah. Hey, that's what we're here for. Um, Do you have a preference? as far as like shooting videos or shooting photos or you just love both? Um, I'd love both and I'll, but, but it, it just depends on what the moment is. There's nothing better than capturing video to me because video can emote so much more emotion than, um, a picture can. True. So for weddings, if I were to be in a wedding, I would much rather be the videographer than, the photographer and that's because there's something you put the right music to it you capture the cinematic movement of it the way you edit it something you can really make something gorgeous you know and that can take the couple or the viewer right into that feeling that they are connecting to like Mm -hmm. you're connected it will emote a tear yeah, well, absolutely. How often do you look at wedding photos and say, "Oh, this is gonna make me cry"? Yeah, one single photo. No, yeah, you're but right. the and also it's foolproof. Rarely anybody gets a wedding video back and be like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> what but did if, you do to my wedding? Yeah, but if you got an eyelash that's wonky or you half smiling and you you know it's something that yeah. you don't like how yeah, you look yeah, yeah. and it's cemented in this photograph, this JPEG then it's not it's it's a harder sale so i guess i would prefer video but video is much more um intrusive it's much more labor intensive it's more costly and it is more tiring but it's more most rewarding yeah for me in the end it's worth it Mm -hmm. true i mean i know just from fucking doing these short little hour things these video files can get stupid big yeah, we're talking about... <laughs> you got like a utility belt and memory cards with you at all times? Or well, what? I shoot with a cinema camera and I need at least 500 gigabytes That's fucking to nuts. make it run. Yeah. And so usually we're shooting on uh, one terabyte drives. She. Yeah, so... She. <laughs> <laughs> and they're talking about, you know, that's... It t- it's still going. <laughs> you're talking, My man Clarence. You're literally talking about you know uh, a terabyte and it's the runtime. They try to like convert it on mm-hmm. here on Final Cut or Premiere or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot. However, um, oh, and also the cost. So your SD drive, you might get for what. Twelve ninety nine or something? No, fuck that. I don't even know. This yeah. is a hundred and nine dollars for minimum. a terrible. Yeah, minimum. Yeah. So it causes you to be more intentional with what you capture. Just True. like in the film days, the reason that people have been so stringent in the past on you know how they're you're on a tight schedule and mm-hmm. this has to be perfect is because you are now wasting material that is expensive and costly. You limit that on how much film and, you got. Yeah, and that's why I think where I think that us as a culture have has gone down like in quality wise because we're so used to everything being like right there Instant right now, and we know that that digital I can look at it again, and this is going to be perfect, you know, or mm-hmm. this is I, I can do it again if it's not perfect. But in the world of film, 
you are now having to be very intentional on what you shoot. Having larger storages and hard drives is too much to lose. If I run out of space on my hard drive, they ain't no more space. And you can't just buy buy it at the Walgreens. You got (laughs) to find the best buy. Yeah, you have to more than likely special order it. And it makes you just become more in tune with what it is that you're capturing and having more intention. So True. No, I mean, that's that a very thorough explanation. And I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, though, when you lay it out like that, because me not being a photographer, videographer, I'm not thinking about that kind of shit. No, you're just. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> no. Airdrop. Boom. Done. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it, there's something. um there's a, a level of craft that goes into limited resources Yeah, that comes out of that. One shit, not to bring it back to Gene, but I think that the first time I met Gene, I think that's what I was most impressed with. I had never met a videographer who cared so much about the actual craft, not just like getting a video. Hey, look how cool you look. He was like, nah, let me Studies. Like, step away for a second. Yeah. I need to do my thing, you know, like a fucking mad scientist. For me, a measure of anybody that I would be personally friends with is I watch how they study true um people that are busy studying aren't busy on the gram they're not busy showing you or showing off flexing because you're studying yeah i respect people that study because if we're so anxious to be seen then what are we really doing this for are you doing it for the love or are you doing it you know because you love your craft and you want to grow in it or are you doing this because you want to flex? And photography and videography has such a low barrier entry nowadays because the cameras are less expensive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's a very low barrier of entry. And therefore, you have a lot of, like, imposters out there that are just like, I got a camera. Here's a cute girl that's willing to yeah. take a picture. And now I'm a photographer. But Gene is like... Old he don't school. even post nothing. Old school. With he don't even post yeah. anything. <laughs> we sit. No, we get on him about that. Just, he just because. I mean, I 100% agree with what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I think just in today's day and age, especially with a digital art form like that, posting is not posting every minute, every fucking waking minute of every mm-hmm. day type of thing, but once a week, maybe once a month, even just to kind of like show the work more yeah. or less. I appreciate the enigma. Um, what we don't know is either attractive to us or scary to us. And I I would rather someone just be in their authentic selves and trying to like post it. I don't post nearly as consistently. It just and it's because I don't care. True. I care about learning and I care about up in my equipment game or I care about just just improving your craft. Yeah. So that's for when it comes to him and anybody like I'm just like if anyone's listening that feels pressure to kind of show off their chops know that if you do the work consistently and you build your relationships we are in a digital world but there's also a huge analog movement that's happening and that analog is like putting your feet on the streets and really getting to to cultivate relationships focus on cultivating those relationships and those will also bring opportunities to you that are long lasting and not based off of what they see because when we're looking through a screen, we're looking at a simulation. You're looking at something that's not real. You're looking at a representation of something. Already in the metaverse. Y- you're already there. So instead of doing that, 
focus on your relationships. And he's a great example of you licking my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is so cute. But um, instead of doing that, he's focused on cultivating and maintaining his relationships. And that's, I think, is a great example. He's going to have every opportunity. He don't need to post nothing. Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, like I said, I don't want to spoil what he's got going Look, on right now, <laughs> but he's killing it right now. And I haven't seen him it. post a single thing. And yeah, mm. you're right. You're definitely right. But the people that post too much, it's like, oh, okay. Well, you can tell how much of it is kind of fabricated, too. So, obviously, I mean, this is a little different. Um, hang on. Hey, I'm recording a pod. Can I call you back? All right. Um, what the fuck were we just talking about? <laughs> that was my brother. Uh, oh, yeah. No, no, no. All right. So the yeah the, the yeah, fabricated fake shit versus nah I don't care, <laughs> but I saw something today that kind of reminded me of what you're talking about more so related to not videography and photography but the musician side of stuff just the artistry this time of the year everyone's posting these Spotify raps you know the the year exactly right so you know Mickey Fax mm-hmm. he posted this shit today that I thought was super dope because he's a an established artist Mm -hmm. but for people who aren't in the know may not you know oh you're Mm -hmm. not jay-z you're not a fucking rapper like fuck out of here but he posted this shit that i thought was super dope it kind of speaks to what you're talking about i'm gonna try to read this quickly uh it was just a quick little post oh lord yeah i'm gonna try to read it fast (laughs) he says psa musician friends don't let social media trigger you into the comparison trap Mm -hmm. a day after i played the forum i played a dive bar I've gotten paid more money playing one corporate gig than one week on tour. Mm. I spent a whole day working with Def Leppard, listening to Rush rehearse next door, and then played a soul-crushing gig that night to only a bartender and doorman. I've done sessions in Million Dollar Studios, also out of spare bedrooms. We all know how much festival gigs actually pay. I know techs who make more per gig than the actual musicians on stage. Uh, Fast forward, point is... Everyone's just working, whether you're working the corner bar, headlining Coachella, schlepping gear up a freight elevator, a hotel gig, or giving lessons. If you're making a living at this or even making some money at this, you're doing the damn thing. Yeah. And I was just like, that's fucking powerful. Because it's like, you know, on Spotify, what the fuck? Who the hell cares? You know, things only matter because we make them matter. Yeah. And I was looking at several of my friends that were posting their raps and it was and what I noticed was for anything like, you know, lower, it's like, well, this year I know going into next year I gotta focus on blah blah. And it's like you don't have to make an excuse for that. But you're making that excuse because you're suffering from the demon of comparison. Mm -hmm. And it's like just get shut up. Be comfortable. Why you gotta post it? That too. If your numbers don't reflect something that you wanna share you just want to show that you're on Spotify? Yeah. Why don't you just shut up? <laughs> and why don't you just focus on doing better the next time? You well, know, no, if, I, that's, if that's your goal, then put that. Actually improve. Make it your goal. Yeah. And shut the fuck up. No, yeah. For right now. You heard it. Tyler said it first. Shut the fuck up. That is literally the fuck theme. Fuck That's <laughs> That's it. Like, really, <laughs> shut the fuck up. It's not that serious. Nobody cares. And no, and that's another thing. We over um we overestimate our value. You think we overestimate our value? I think we overestimate how much people other people care. Like, not our personal value, but I'm talking about the marketability, sellability, 
our proximity to the outside world? How many people really will look at this and care that you streamed anything? No, yeah. I think we also put too much importance of caring if other people care. You know what I mean? That too. I think that's the real, like, the root of it. Like That too. Whether or not you care, like, if you care and you like it, yeah. sweet. You know what I mean? If and, not, all right, well, and the I did it anyway. The clear, <laughs> the clear marker for that if you've overcome that is not the need to post if the, your numbers don't reflect what you want them to reflect. True. Have you overcome the need? Yeah. You know, y'all ain't going to see me post no numbers of how much art and soul does. Mm -hmm. Even if it's sold out. Um, quick sidebar, just cause we're on music. Mm -hmm. Does soul based band have music mm -hmm. out? Yeah. Okay. We did. Um, so I'm really picky. <laughs> well, hold up for the listeners. Soul based band is Tyler's band. Yeah. Okay. So I'll I'll Funk, yeah give it a little. I'll run it down. Soul based band consists of it. The heart of it is me and my partner Robert Bradley. Um, keys. Keys. But he plays everything. Yeah. He I, plays I see keys. That. He plays drums. <laughs> he plays bass. <laughs> he played trumpet. <laughs> you know, he plays everything. He even messed around with like lead guitar one time. So, oh, yeah. and he wants to rap, but that's hey. neither him nor no, he will not rap. <laughs> Come on. Um, no, <laughs> no. But um, <laughs> uh, soul bass is um, is is everything based in soul. Uh, it's of the mind that all music is soul music because it took your soul. It's this music is the language of your soul. Absolutely. So as long as it's based in the soul, it is valid. It it means anything. It can mean whatever you want it to be. Um, we're pretty much genre free. So you'll catch us doing whatever we want. Like we've had a rock track out. We've done, we've had more experimental jazz, orchestral jazz. We've had, um, but um, the last album that we, that's on Spotify was called songs to quarantine too so during the lockdowns me and robert collaborated via facetime and put together an ep that just reflected how we felt like but in music and electronic form and we felt like going electronic and making the sound pretty big and futuristic okay. we used amano mari drum loops that's okay. amano mari is my idol like from the production standpoint, just because of he changed the way that I listen to music and production. And as soon as he released the drum pack, I was like, yo, I want to do something uh, with this. this. Is mine. Yeah. There's also something where it's like the drums are just tailored where I've designed how they're supposed to sound and their cadences, you know, but big emphasis on strings and other instruments that we seem to kind of lose because we're so, I don't know. We're just so homogenized in our listening. Well, yeah, everything's fucking computerized now. Yeah. All the mu or most yeah. of the music we all listen and to, and ours is completely computerized because we don't have access to. Well, not know, the live shows. That's why I love your guys' live shows. So the reason why we do live the way we do it, it is meant to keep real music alive. Fuck yeah! I try not to say keep real music alive because I don't want to sound disparaging to other people that will listen to a Drake or anybody else and be like no this is real music yes that is real music keep traditional music alive let's say it could be but then who's tradition you know so it's like i don't say that anymore but the the point of it is and and if you know like black culture like you always grew up with somebody 
playing an instrument. Playing something. Now they've taken music out of the schools. I heard that recently, actually. Yeah, they've taken music. They've been taking music out of the schools, and it's it's just that's just what it is. <laughs> but you know what's even more fucked up than that is me being a musician. I chose theater because it was the easy elective. Because I'm a, looking back, I'm so fucking mad at myself. Yeah, yeah trust me. <laughs> Trust me. But theater is fun. But a theater is also very important. I learned some things in theater. I think that theater is great. And that, you know, we should. Uh-oh. Now we're good. Anytime people go through the hallway door. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> but it, it, she ain't got time. Come on. Come on. Bro. Come here. Now you, you edit that out. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> But, um, Probably leave it in. Fuck it. Ruka! Hey! Come here. It's always the little dogs that just got all the... Uh... She's a part of the show, so... If you're listening to the show, you know what the fuck is good. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to instruments. <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, but growing up on the block, my mom used to have um, jam sessions. And um, we would open the doors. My, like everyone would come over with an yeah. instrument or something? Yeah, because oh, yeah. everybody knew how to play something. And now we're in the world where that's not true anymore. You know, there's always an old man on the block with a guitar or somebody that played trumpet. You know, I don't play that much anymore, but you know, I could blow out a couple. You know, mm-hmm. we don't even have that no more. Well, you know what I realized I mean, I think you're right about that. And I think the few people who, whether, despite how long they've been playing music, I feel like all over Twitter and shit, you see the one-man bands now. It's like you don't have one person or a a single person doing every instrument. You have one person who, all right, I'm going to do my drums. Now I'm going to do my, like, which is cool, but it also, I do. But then you're losing. You're losing the community aspect We're focusing so much on hyper-individualism that we do lose um, the motor skills that you start developing when it comes to working with someone. Those, that's great that people can be a one-man band, but... No social skills in that. You don't get no social skills. And also, the purpose of a jam session, and I was... the love. That, too. It's corporate energy. Corporate is always thought about, like, in business and your nine-to-five, but corporate is the group. True. And so incorporating everybody. Incorporating everyone. <laughs> so corporate um activities are important because it also helps you to inc- um sharpen your skills. Yeah. The jam mm. sessions are, are are integral because it forces you to get in where you fit in. It's not just about you or not just about how you normally play it. But what happens when you don't know these people? You don't even know where they're going to go. You are now tightening up your skills to get in where you fit in. Freestyling. And people that cannot get in where they fit in are hard to, like, you can't adapt to many other things. You know, like you're you're lowering your chances or your abilities to adapt. Yeah. The best way to learn how to adapt is in music because you are forced to be quiet. You're forced to sit still and observe and see how every how every what's going on around you. Thing, yeah, how everything is affecting the next, and then you're able to make a decision on how you are going to enhance that. That's the point. And when we're so focused on the individualism part, we're so focused on it's my time to shine. 
that's when you get fucked up. That's yeah. why a lot of people don't want to come on our stage and uh, improvise because. I feel like that's a direct shot. No, not you. <laughs> Just fucked <it> up. <laughs> not you. Just no, it but up. it's like, but that's how you sharpen your craft. And well, now that I know, I definitely. Well, did you guys usually have your drummer with you? He wasn't there the last night? Well, so the last jam session I did was of completely out the box new. That wasn't the family only, the jam moment. Okay. I decided to let family only the jam go because the place we were doing at Dexter's new standard is now no more. Yeah. So I built that brand look feel with that. It didn't make sense to take that to Will's pub. That brand was like a little bit more polished. We dressing up and jamming, you know, this here now is like, this is for, it, this is for the hip hop community. It's sure. for the community that let me be me when I first came down here. Okay. And I want to get to that too, your transition. Yes. So, um, but, so when we started doing this, this is my first time partnering with Palmer Reed. Shout outs to Palmer. Love you. Shout out to Palmer. Um, yeah, Palmer's everything. But He's from Orlando? Yeah. You know what's funny is I don't know him at all. I you heard, need to. Well, yeah. I, mean, I would love to meet him. Um, but I heard about him completely non-music related at my job this girl i work with her boyfriend was like friends with him they grew i don't know if they grew up together but yeah she was like yeah my my i think it was her fiance at the time she was like he's good friends with paul marie because she found out i did music yeah i'd never heard of him. this was four or five years ago wow but yeah it's a small fucking world you know it is very small <laughs> but that's um we wanted everybody like we wanted the family like it's so much division and divisiveness in this small big community that we really wanted to like have a night where you put your politics to the side because politics is a big problem here mm-hmm. it's every it's, politics is just a big problem everywhere it's everywhere but well, down we here, live here so we see it it's here. so <laughs> It's so unnecessary. Yeah, that it's like a lot of gatekeeping. And- yeah, and I do believe in gatekeeping. A lot of people demonize words, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I'm not. I've accepted not being a well liked person. Really? Be- yes. You? I feel like everybody loves you. I've, I've only known you maybe a year or two, so maybe I'll know some things. <laughs> I say things like. There is a necessity for gatekeeping. The only people that are upset about me saying that are people that wouldn't get through the gate. True. <laughs> so, so people are mad because you're speaking the truth. Yeah. There has so to be quality control. Yeah. What? Why are we doing any of this shit? You know, if you're not going to put your best foot forward, then you need to sit down. Well, because it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Shut Some the people fuck do up. it for the wrong. Well, definitely that. <laughs> Some people do it for the wrong reasons. They're doing it to be seen and be popular, whatever, not because they love music. Or and we live in this world of toxic positivity, yeah, where everything is high five you, you tried, good job. No, nobody's. When do y'all sit up here and say this needs to be improved, and you can't come up here until it is improved? Now that's the school I came from. I came from the school of. You ain't ready to play. No participation awards. There is no participation <laughs> awards. No. And why? And you should be insulted for getting a participation award. Kids definitely are not, though. I'll tell you that. No, you feel entitled to it. But it should be an insult that you weren't the best and that you didn't even try to be your best. Yeah. You know, but that's old school. 
<laughs> yeah, but also I think it's because you and I are actually passionate about it, so we feel that way. The people who yeah. aren't, it's I can't put myself in your shoes because I don't even know no. where you're coming from. You know, I think it's disrespectful. Um, it is a, to to just hop up on a stage or to hop behind the camera and say I'm this now, yeah. and you didn't put no real time before I ever had before I even owned a camera. I shot on my cell phone for a long time. I created content. I filmed a music video on my cell phone. Oh yeah. That's why, that's what Ingenuity. led to me getting my first Tyler the camera. creator. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Not the mic drop. And interview's over. <laughs> Proved the point. But, um, and when I, I had a friend that owned JR, shout out to DJ JR. JR used to come to the crib. He had his Canon. I don't even remember what it was, but he used to let me borrow it and just play around with it. He'd do shoots of me. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even know or think that that's where I would be going with it yet. Mm. I just, I knew I liked it and I wanted to learn. And, and I didn't just post everything. There were times where I would just go out and study. You weren't taking pictures for likes. No, basically, because you were doing. And it when for I perceive that photos. someone is doing something for likes, I don't respond to it. Yeah, it doesn't exist to me. It's not valid yet. It needs. To, it needs some more cooking. Would you eat raw chicken? Fuck no. All right, so it needs to go back in the oven, brown up a little bit. <laughs> you know, get to this temperature, and then I'm gonna pay attention to it. And that's one of the reasons why I started Art and Soul, because I feel that unpopular opinion there's a lot of people here that get the attention but i don't feel like they are up to they they're not creating or setting a very high standard and True. i feel like they're the people that are the dopest here are the ones that are getting overlooked and the ones that are getting treated like they don't matter kept they're being gatekept and it's because most of them have some semblance of integrity they're not going to just kiss ass and just be friends with people just because yeah. because it's a look. But these people have stood on their morals. They know where they are. They know who they are. And if that means hey, I can't get on every stage, and that's what that means. And that's who I serve. That's who I amplify. And that's why you're here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See? Yeah. Nah, I mean... Yeah, again, I do appreciate you doing that so much, and I appreciate everything you're saying right now. And I agree with it, but you and I are in our 30s. We's in the 30s. You know what I mean? I, feel I didn't know like you were th 30 what? I'm 31. I look uh, young, I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> Babies. Um, <laughs> But I think a lot of artists, is, I mean, artists I know around here because I live here, you know what I'm saying? I do see a lot of young artists and Butter and I talk about this all the time. We go out to these open mics or whatever. A lot of times we'll pull up just to pull up, show love, you know what I mean? Check out the local talent. And I see kids wet behind the ears who are fucking super amped to be there. They want to. Are they thirsty or are they hungry? That's that's the difference. That's the difference. I think a lot of it's thirst. You can see the ones who are hungry, though. There are a yeah. lot of young cats in this city yeah. that I fuck with because you can, you can yes. tell. As soon as they get up there and grab that mic, it's like, all right, this motherfucker's for and real. And shout out to Butter, because Butter's one of the hungriest people I know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he, and it's he, his birthday today. Happy birthday, happy Butter. Happy birthday. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> that man eats. <laughs> and it, Rightfully so, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, and that's it. I mean, we him and I talk about this shit all the time. Like, out of all the people I met in here, why you think me and him are such good friends? You yeah. Know? Well, one thing my mama taught me. Um, my mom used to go to a lot of open mics. Uh, she she was a, she's a singer, and I remember. Did you were you at the last one? At uh, City Arts, yeah. yeah, we were both there. So, oh yeah, you got to see the ugly cry, yay! <laughs> but um, she um, she had thyroid cancer. I was like in my teens, mm-hmm. and they removed they had to remove like eighty percent of it, and they nicked her vocal cords. Mm. And she, I remember her literally going to sing, do re mi fa, and she couldn't sing. Like soon after the surgery. Yeah, for years. And she mm. kept practicing. And she was so ashamed to go to the jam session, she she wouldn't go. She sounded good. She sounds good she now. She sounded good the She other night. practiced her ass True. off. But Did she also back, knew kinda. to stay quiet until it was time. To let it heal? Yeah, she had True. to heal and practice. Yeah. And in that, her voice actually completely changed. Her singing voice is completely different from when it was before they nicked it. Mm. So she had to find her new style. But anyway, she started going around the set again when I was in my early 20s. And one thing she told me, I was like, she, she would take me around with her. And I'm like, you're not going to sign up and go sing? And you know something that she said that changed my life was... I never sign up to go on open mics. And I said, well, why not? Why not? She says, you're either inviting me to sing or I'm not singing. Mm. Because I would rather for people to say, oh, she's here. She's singing. Then she's here to sing again. So when I see these open mic kids, it's something that I wish I could share with them. Like, yo, that's deep, though. You know, you could sit down. You you could. She was like, maybe once or twice. You know, every other month or so, mm-hmm. I might come up there. I'm going to sing one song. I'm going to sit down. She was like, watch. They're going to ask me to come back up. <laughs> and, and she says, to be invited is power. That's fire. And But she knows her power, And obviously. she knows it. Yeah. And she doesn't mind withholding. Yeah. That's and amazing. when we're so focused on giving, 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 showing off, showing off, you don't understand you are a commodity to these venues. You have a lot of power, but you relinquish it when you're so Throwing busy trying to just throw it get away. A post, get a story off. Yeah. No, Sit like, down. That's crazy. And for me, I have your mom on the pod. <laughs> my mom would just be here. Yeah, I said it, bitch. You know, that was that'd be her. But um she and the time that she talked about it, sure enough. Sarita, you ain't going to sing nothing? She said, mm, please. <laughs> Sarita, please. Okay, yeah, yeah sure, please. sure. What do, what, what, what do y'all want me to sing? Mm. Knowing damn well she want to sing. But it's better, and the response is better. It's better to make yourself scarce. If we learn about supply and demand, if there's too much of your fucking yep. supply, then the demand goes down. Yeah. Hold it back. Create quality content. Don't drop music every five seconds. Drop one song. Create quality quality. visuals for that song. Talk about the behind the scenes. Create the culture around that one song. And watch things start coming to you. 
versus just putting out meaningless shit and it doesn't make sense. You're just dropping albums. Who the fuck drops LPs in 2021 <laughs> except Drake? Yeah. But you're not Drake. Don't put out LPs. And Drake shouldn't put out LPs, <laughs> you know? Do your singles or do a very small EP and focus on telling the story. But that involves being intentional when you even, before you even step into the studio, you have to be intentional. Speak with conviction. Yeah. What story am I here to tell? Mm -hmm. Once I tell this story, what is my hope for this story? How do I want it to impact the world? And when we start thinking like that, then we know that it's not, we shouldn't be putting just anything out there. We're going to be more consistent. We're going to be more cognizant of what we're putting out. And that's my hope for artists. Just think about it and making yourself scarce. Focus on doing shows that make sense. You don't just hop around from here to here to here to here. Mm -hmm. That's why Soul Base doesn't just hop around from here to here to here to here. And we've been asked, but right now. You know what's for you. I know it's for me. And I want something where I'm in control of it. Y'all have now seen enough about 360 deals. You know how these venues work. Oh, yeah. Y'all have been around enough to see this now. It is open information. So now what we need to do is build the culture around your project. One project a year. And that's it. And if you can ma master building that project out, and dropping that project a year and know how to create the culture around that. Mm -hmm. That includes your merch. Because streaming does not make you money. Facts. You have to have you some merch. Trust me. Why are you not walking around with a printout with a QR code sticker on the back of your phone? If you can't afford the little pop-up things that go on the back of your phone that you just wave it over the other phone and mm -hmm. it gets you everything... Put a QR code sticker on the back of your phone that leads to your link tree that has your Spotify, your YouTube, and everything else. Yep. But you would have to have been intentional first because you ain't thinking about that if you just want to be seen. <laughs> you heard it. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Fucking dropping gems here tonight. Man, you know. Rook, you hear these fucking gems over here? She's finally beat out She's here. She's crying. She's tired now. <laughs> um, I realized I have a couple of things I still want to ask, but I realized I forgot to do this rapid fire at the beginning. Oh yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> well, normally when we start, I'll where's where's the, the where's the uh, the one by itself? Thank you, sir. Grazie. So rapid fire. I mean, it's pretty simple. I'm just gonna throw two things at you. You gotta pick one. Mm -hmm. All right. Hot or cold? Hot. Left or right? Left. Day or night? Night. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Tacos or burgers? Tacos. Look, he's over here making faces at me. You need to leave the room now. I don't feel comfortable. He's like, bitch, you better say hot. I sleep with a heater on and a blow dryer underneath my sheets if it's too cold. Damn, that's intense. <laughs> Uh, fruit or veggies? Fruit. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Okay. Yeah. I never go there, but I prefer that. Yeah. The idea of it. Yeah. Nah, nah. Yeah. I like the <laughs> yeah, idea. I'm not mad at that. that. I fuck with both, but I, I feel you. Coffee? Yeah, you can hold that if you want. Grazie. Coffee or tea? 
Ooh. Ooh. <sighs> T. Okay. Booze or buds? While wow, you spark up, buds. All right, Ender Cursativa. I don't know the difference. Everybody tells me it's a different. I have not experienced a difference. I'm not a connoisseur. Well, so, I mean, chances are anyone selling it, whatever they tell you it is, usually it's going to be bullshit anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, sativa is supposed to be more of a cerebral, you're not sleepy, indica's kind of body, like. I like I like downers. So indica. I like all downers. Indica. Like, if, if heroin wasn't super deadly, like, I would <laughs> do that. It wasn't going to kill me. I'd, I'd, do, it. I'd do it. <laughs> hey. I'm just like, Fuck out of here. I bet. So indica. <laughs> yeah. Make me a non-addictive heroin. I'm there. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, they might be working on it somewhere. You it never, might be. Now nah, I don't trust it. <laughs> just, here's legal heroin. It's just fine. That's the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got the heroin. But, uh, uh, all right. Heroin or crack? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> heroin. I said. <laughs> that was not on the list for the record. <laughs> Uh, hip hop or classic rock? Classic rock. Okay. Reggae or dance hall? Dance hall. Oh shit, that was quick. All right, so classic. I love the ratchet shit. Give me the ratchet <laughs> shit. <laughs> so, uh, for classic rock, Beatles or Stones? Ew. Doobie Brothers and Stilly Dan. There you go. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. Doobie Num? Uh, I don't remember putting this one on here. Foreign car or fancy boat? Foreign car, probably. Yeah. Because okay. I can't swim. Fair enough. Hopefully the boat doesn't sink. I don't have to swim. I don't trust it. All right. I've watched Titanic like way too many times. <laughs> TV or movies? TV. And we're watching like Real Housewives of Atlanta, like from season one all over again. Nice. Yeah, I put him on. Now he has an opinion of Kenya. I heard, I never <laughs> watched it, but I heard, uh, what's the spoof on that? The Real Husbands of Hollywood? I heard that shit's coming back. It's actually very funny. No, I love that it's, show. It's very funny. That show's hilarious. I never watched like the real, the real, real Housewives. It's so trash, but I love it. <laughs> it's just like, mindless tv it's horrible Word. it's bad for you and it's not a good representation of black people or any people it shouldn't it's not a, i mean reality tv is a, it's just reality bad. tv in general is a yeah, horrible representation of yeah people. so but but as my thing is as long as you know and i'm not watching this you know, and making yeah. decisions influenced by them it doesn't matter <laughs> i just fair. had to say that before somebody listens to it and be like yeah like yeah bitch i like to watch no nonsense yeah fuck we, out you here. heard this deep conversation prior to like we gotta <laughs> unplug like yeah no, that's a fact. Balance. I think we all got our little guilty pleasures. Oh. Um, book or audio book? Book. Facts. I like to smell the pages and turn the pages. And when I'm listening to an audio book. It's a tangible book, item. Yeah. And, and also, think about it like this. If the government or anybody decides to pull the plug on the internet. Still got your books. You still have your books. And you still need your DVDs. We were talking about over Thanksgiving how like they have the audacity to ban books anywhere, school, whatever. Like, how the fuck are you gonna tell me what I can read? That's just a wild concept to me. You can't read this. It was published and everything, but you you can't fucking read this. I don't know. Some things need to be banned because there was there was one. Um, you can just not read it though. 
That is true. <laughs> that is true. That's true. I don't think, yeah, it's, I think that, you know, right now we're in a really ugly time where your personal choice is being like impeded upon. Like you should have just like even music. Like you want to get mad about this person or that person making this type of music. Little bitch, turn the channel. Yeah, just turn it off. Nobody's for, well, my children and I don't have, and I can't stop my children from anything. And that's why you teach your children the right way to go. So when they're listening to it, they know that this is fantasy. Well, it's like that video. You remember that video when that went viral? The lady is crying, reading these rap lyrics that offended her so much with cursing and stuff. And she's reading it in front of her kid. It's like, you don't see... <laughs> My kid heard this on the radio, and she's literally reading it word for word. Like, how is this played on the radio? Her kid's sitting there like. <laughs> this dumb no, shit like that. Your children should be able to break down every bit of fuck shit that they hear. Especially, like, when it comes to, like, oh, I got drugs or I got chains. I have them chains fake. Like, my kids will sit there and be like, fake chains. You know, they should just be taught to be aware yeah. of themselves and the world. Well, because some people actually talk to their kids like humans and other them, others talk to their kids like teddy bears. And now you have a whole fucking generation of teddy fucking bears that don't know what the reality bears. is. Yeah. The yeah. And, and then they're the ones that are crying when they get sunned on the fucking open mic stage because they couldn't sit the fuck down. Got them. <laughs> and hone their craft. Hey. Teddy bear generation. No lies were told here tonight. Now we sound like boomers. Like you sound like old, <laughs> sound like old people back in my day. You used to get cussed out and be okay with it. Walking uphill barefoot in the snow, you were dead ass. No, you got to get up. Nah, you're straight, bro. Yeah, he could just cut to the other yeah, camera yeah. since you. Oh wait, never mind. No, it's just gonna be everywhere. You're good. That's fine. I already got up to get the dog, man. This, yeah, this is. We can just cut not this part out. Not professional around here. It's all good. Look at him <laughs> waddling his big ass all across the screen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Cut uh, that out. <laughs> that is definitely staying in there. You weird. That's how I talk. I'm so mean. No, it's all good. We keep it real around Am here. I passing this? I mean, yes. she won't hit it. She doesn't like papers. Aww. You like you like the... <laughs> you know, I'll hit it if you want to pass it. I'm going to pass it because if not, I'll be slumped on this couch and ain't no more energy happening. I'll just be sitting there like... I'll let it chill for a sec. Uh, next one. Fly or teleport? I really was just praying for a teleportation device Pardon. the other day. Mm-hmm. I don't like flying. Answers might be better. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you played video games as a kid. NFL Blitz or NBA Jam? NBA Jam. Nice. But actually, it was March Madness. NCAA March Madness yeah, for me. That was the game. That was my game. Nice. On PS2. PS2. 2003. Nice. Mm-hmm. I definitely had those two on the fucking Dreamcast back in the day. <laughs> you had that one? The Dreamcast. Because remember you could. I got Gamecast. <laughs> Gamecast. Do you remember you could break the backboard? Oh, on NBA Jam? No. Oh, on, on uh, March Madness. NCAA? You, really? Yeah, you could have. I don't know if I ever had that one. You could break the backboard. If you went straight down and just like hard. <laughs> yeah. And it would just shatter. That's fire. And it would like play it in three, like slow motion, three different uh, angles. <laughs> and my sister would score on me. I'm like, bitch, hit that. I don't want to see this. <laughs> I, don't, I know I had uh, the NBA, or NCAA football game. I don't know if I had the basketball game. In NBA Street. NBA Street was Def fire. Def Jam, Vendetta, Tony Hawk. 
definitely Tony Hawk. Like, but I had something called Airblade, which was Tony Hawk, but with um, it wasn't him on it, but yeah. it was just skateboarding, but with hoverboards. Nice futuristic Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> and like dystopian Gotham City like settings, it was dope. Damn, mm-hmm. never heard and Pac Man. Pac Man was always fire. I had a Pac Man <laughs> shirt on fucking yesterday. Uh, Barney or Big Bird? Arthur. Arthur, word. All right, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Ninja Turtles or Power Rangers? Power Rangers. I was a Power Ranger girl. Word. I didn't like the idea of the giant rat thing. <laughs> Got a fucking Master Splinter. Yeah, I didn't like that at that's all. That's my dog. <laughs> uh, chocolate or vanilla? Oh, I love vanilla. Yeah. Yeah, I'm lame. Podcast or radio? Podcast. Word. Yeah, I love the voice of the people. Fair. Salsa or guacamole? Salsa. I hate avocado. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Since we said it earlier, I don't know. You might know the other one. Tony Hawk or Sean White. You know, Sean I know Sean White, yeah. Tony Hawk. Okay, fuck it's, yeah. yeah, he's OG. Yeah. <laughs> um, smoothie or milkshake? Smoothies. Nice. He's a milkshake guy. Yeah. Banana. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking both. And then he said it with the accent too. <laughs> banana. Up. We were just smoking some fucking banana backwards the other night. Uh, Shout out to Quan. Some bananas. Hey Quan, yeah. <laughs> tell Quan I love him. You can tell him yourself. (laughs) Nah, I think Quan watches every episode. Good. Him and uh, shouts to actually, yeah, shouts to Quan. Him and Pun are gonna. They're starting their own podcast. Uh, No pun intended. It's gonna be the. That is cute. Title. Okay. I've been getting on their ass about putting it out, but it's coming. Oh, I love it. Uh, All right, last one or last two. Apple or Android? You have a Droid, don't you? No, I have an Apple. Your bubbles are green. Because oh. I um I discontinued my phone service. I don't I got tired of people calling me. How's that work? So I just have a Google Voice number now. I don't have a personal phone number. And that way I can completely turn it off if I need to. That's fire. Um Even I was outside like, the box. If I'm at home, then it's on Wi Fi and if I'm not at home and I'm not available and I don't have Wi Fi, then it wasn't meant for you to call me. You send a text message and I get it when I get home. But I got tired of people having too much access to me. Yeah. Like I said, no <laughs> lies were told here tonight. <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes we we have way more choices than we want to take responsibility for. Like we love, I think sometimes we get married to our trauma, our stresses, our pain. And it's almost like you're doing this ritual where you're keeping yourself inconvenienced and annoyed and stressed out and fatigued. Making excuses. Yeah. yeah. And when you could just be like, I don't need a phone. Do I feel like paying $150 a month? Can I afford it? Yeah, I can afford it. Do I want it? No. What else can that go towards? You know, just no, get you a house, get a house phone. And that's another thing we have to like, just, uh, just, De- start undigitizing ourselves. You remember a house phone? You had to call your friend's house. Hey, is Tyler home? Yes. <laughs> and But then also you have the option to take the call or not. Yeah, exactly. But I get yeah. tired of I'm people calling me. Like my phone ringing, it's, it stresses me out. True. And my social battery goes very flat very quickly. 
And I and my old number, I just knew that it was so, so many people in my past that could easily send that, hey, stranger text. Mm. And I didn't want that anymore. And there was like, well, then you could just change your number. It's like, how about I just don't have a number? <laughs> and if you Go can access me. Grid. Yeah. If you can access me, then you were meant to. And if you can't, it wasn't for you. And that's where I'm at. That's a fact, though. That's that's being that's called being 33. Hey, that's old. Like we getting older and shit, and it's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's good. Thought nah. about it and no. <laughs> nah, that's that is true. People don't know the power of the word no. It's a wrap. It's not even in focus. <laughs> oh, now she posing. Get, get out of here. Yeah, she's a little trim. <laughs> Uh, all right, last one. Don't say Pepsi or Coke. Nah. Oh, okay. It is food, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Creamy or crunchy peanut butter? Nan. You don't like peanut butter? I should well, ask that first. Peanut butter. Unless it's in like a Butterfinger, I can do that. True. But that's... You don't like peanuts? Or like just the stickiness is weird you out or something? I ate too much of it as a child. Mm, you OD. I definitely OD'd ketchup, on like Apple Jacks and some certain foods. Ketchup, ramen noodles, <laughs> white bread, American cheese. And peanut butter. And peanut butter. That's fair. All the shit that you can get on Wick. That's I fair. can't drink. I can't eat. can't drink it. You're not no, like allergic or anything. No juicy juice. None of the shit that you can get with food stamps like easily. Word. <laughs> you know them Wick cards, the, the Wick coupons? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> They printed them out like checks, and it would tell you, like, you could get apple juice or juicy juice or kicks or checks, but the checks couldn't be have any flavor on it. It had to be the, the original no checks. sugar. Yeah. Word. Or Cheerios or Frosted. Like, it had to be just the most plainest of the plain, eggs, and then, you know, that other stuff. So I'm like, Duh. and peanut butter. This is back in Chicago? Yeah. So let's talk about that. Oh, Lord. Well, I just, I wasn't sure if you had moved here, like, for videography, photography, and shit, like, career stuff, or Mm -hmm. if family, or... No, um, I was living at home, and I met somebody and wanted to be with him. He lived down here. He was from Chicago, but he lived primarily here. And I moved, and we were going to get married. And two weeks before the wedding, he called it off via social media and also sent me, like, moving home and went home. Oh, damn. And I uh, stayed for nine months. He changed his mind. I said, all right. Came back here and started building up my, like, contacts because everybody before I knew was, like, his friend. So when he left, it was there was almost no pouring out. It was like everybody turned their back on you because that's their friend. So... You know, it was horrible, but, um, oh, I made a mistake. And then I was like, all right, but I kind of, I already knew that if, if you run one time, you're probably going to do it again. Um, and he definitely did less, less than six months later. And, um, but I had to, um, I made my own friends. That's how I met Matane. And that's how I met all y'all through him. So, I met him like during um, the days where we were at Vinyl Arts Bar. It used mm. to be on Colonial, and we would um, right up the street. Yeah, and that's how I met him. And just like having those type of people, like making my own friendships. When he left again, it was a lot easier. 
I had to get a job because I was maintaining the house and I didn't have an idea what I wanted to be. But when I moved here, I was only qualified to be a secretary. I was working temp jobs left and right. I had a temp agency that I had worked for it for years and it just kept me working and I had no idea what I wanted to do. And when I came down here, I went back to temp working after the dude left the second time, met my husband and, um, then that's how I started getting more into the art culture scene down here. And then I was seeing that in the group that I was affiliated with, there was a need for reliable captures. Mm. And I would just, I was there kind of as like a little party girl. And I'm like, oh, I'm here. Y'all should come out. It was doing real well. I filmed a music video for one of the members of this group. And it, someone else hit me up saying, I saw the video you did for him can you do a video for me? And I was like, I can't show up. We'll pay you a thousand dollars at the time. That's a lot of money. Hell yeah. Now you, I can't wipe my ass with a thousand dollars. It's fine. But at the time it's like a thousand dollars. My rent's a thousand dollars, you know? Out. Yeah. So, and I'm crying to him on our lunch break, having a cigarette. Having a cigarette. <laughs> and I was like, look, I could be shooting this, but I can't show up to know a thousand dollar music video. And to shoot and I only got my iPhone six at the yeah. time. And he was like, well, what, what camera is it? And I got back to my, um, my desk and he had sent me a confirmation and he had bought my first camera. And that's how that, um, that's how that unfolded. And then from there, but that's how I came down here. And that's how you built everything empire in the <laughs> empire yeah they got to make some money first child it has to plunder somebody else riches outside of mine true <laughs> well you're definitely on your way yeah thank god definitely on your way but i stayed consistent and i didn't i didn't have to be the star all the time that was the lesson yeah. for me no absolutely i mean it goes back to what we were saying i just had to bring it home for anybody listening it happens from being quiet <laughs> you know, and just get, you know, I, I couldn't, I learned to be private after being embarrassed. And we all got to get humbled every now and then, you know. Very much so. I was very embarrassed. And, you know, and I can say embarrassed at the time because now there's no shame. You talk well, exactly. about you it. Exactly. You came out breathing, you know. Yeah. It, yes. You and there, were a, there was a lot of um, suicide ideation and depression and I'm a lot of mental health here. issues. Yeah, I'm still here kicking a child for now. <laughs> but but it was um, but it comes in being honest with myself and then just getting quiet and getting centered and really becoming intentional with what I was doing. And it worked out. It definitely worked out. Nah, I mean, damn, I got much deeper than I thought it was going to, but I appreciate uh, your honesty. Malia. Oh, it was deep. I don't, th I don't know. I don't think of anything as deep. It just is. It is. Things just are. What is to be must be. And all of us suffer from something, you know. That's a fact. So I don't think it's deep. Weed cough. <coughs> <coughs> yeah, you want this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, no, I, I there's no such thing as deep. It's just our human experience. No, I mean that is that is a good way to look at it. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. So then, what got you into curating the art shows? Let's get into that bag. That Birkin. <laughs> that is a Birkin. <laughs> okay. Um. Because that's like a whole. I mean. 
literally before you, I don't think I've ever known anyone who's curated an art show. I don't even know if I knew what that was. <laughs> to be frank. It's, so, I'm going to try to make it short, Ter. But um, when I was with that group with Vinyl, at the Vinyl Arts Bar, that's how we started. Um, the guy that ran it started um at first it started with us just rapping in underground hip-hop scene mm -hmm. and next thing i know it's he was a very charismatic person and had all these ideas about if we don't we don't understand this then the third if we just did this this could lead to this one of the conversations that we had was about how entertaining and arts are um if anything goes down in the U.S., like shutdowns or, you know, artists and entertainers historically have had an easier time, mm -hmm. you know, with traveling and maneuvering through things. You can create something out of nothing. You can. And also, like, from a, a status, social status point of view, um, you know, it, it's I'm not going to go that deep, but it, it's pretty deep. Why? you know, to get into art. Um, it serves as protection. It can, you know, and it has. So he started wanting to sell this art and started dealing with all these artists and he was in the art scene. He's putting together all these art shows and we ended up fellowshipping with Orlando Museum of Art. Big lesson. I um, He was the co-chair, but was getting like ideas from us the crew on what what we would like to see and he put one of my ideas um age of aquarius as a theme on the table for orlando museum of art and they accepted it mm -hmm. as um and we came in there we had our music we had dancing and we i shot a uh i shot a big uh like promo you know like i really wanted to make a cinematic type trailer for this art show mm -hmm. And we did that. They posted it. I took pictures. Got no credit for it. Mm. The next time we were at Orlando Museum of Art, it was for Indigenous Futurism. And they had, um, I made these headdresses and crowns and it was a big deal. Like everybody was talking about it. And I had, you know, brought my talents. <laughs> I brought my talents and gifts to it. And the the headdress that I made actually made the cover of Orlando Weekly, mm. and I wasn't credited again. And they were interviewed at NPR, and I wasn't credited again. So this was a pattern. How of, long ago was this? This was in 2018. Oh, damn. Yeah. 2019, I'm doing stuff. I'm giving my all. I'm like really, I put in so much sweat equity with this group. And I found that was the first semblance of family that I felt that I had, mm -hmm. but I wasn't getting the credit. I wasn't getting enough thank you. And I wasn't getting public acknowledgement. One thing that I learned from that experience was to make sure that you give people public acknowledgement. It's not enough to say thank you in person. It's, it's not enough. Yeah, get your just due. When you have put in work in a public event where you are getting publicly praised, you must 
give credit to the other people that helped to get you there. Yeah. And I went through years of contributing to this group and not receiving the just, like, to other people one-on-one, he would big me up and he might talk shit at the same time. And then, but in public, NPR is getting interviewed, my name's nowhere near mentioned. Mm -hmm. And it was like getting to be bad. So in 2020, last straw came, asked me to do some work for free or for mostly for free, you know, um, and I did it and then wanted some more work, heavily discounted, but I needed the money. Then I was told, well, they don't really like you like that. They shit on you. Why are they, if you, you my people, then why are they allowed to shit on me in front of you? And what did you do about it? And I knew that I was getting to a point where I was about done. And I walked away that day. Um, It was one day, big ass blow up. And the whole time I was afraid that if I left that group, I would never be able to do what he does. Because he's always felt like he knew everybody. He was always having a meeting with somebody. You always was out in the mix. So I'm a woman with two children and a husband and a home. And a full-time business that I got to work. So it's like, how am I supposed to do what you do? (laughs) I'm never going to have those opportunities. And that's why I stayed for so long because I felt like there's no way I could do what you do. Like, there's something about you that's way more thorough than me. I could never do that. But I got disrespected (laughs) one time, too many. And I remember that day I called uh, Matane and I called Jean. And we went to go sit by some water because Jean was there when the blow up happened. Mm. He was about to whoop some ass. If you needed to, and uh, again, and we <laughs> right, and <laughs> you know, I remember having the conversation. Well, what do what do you need to do? That was asked to me. Yeah, I had no idea, and this is still this to is like Tyler's view. Off and yeah, it's like I don't even know that. where to start. I need a master trailer. I need. I've never shot. I've only shot a wedding one time, and I want to do another wedding. Mm-hmm. You know. Or matter of fact, at that point, I had never even shot a wedding. How am I supposed to get weddings to make the, because that's where the money's at. If I can get a lick on weddings, I'll be straight. Yeah. Right? And they're like, well, what else do you need to do? And I'm like, I need to do this. I need to do All right. So we're going to make sure you get it done. August 2020. So that was in May of 2020. Okay. August of 2020 or July 2020, I run into Peterson Guerrier. Shout out to Peterson at Red Tape. He was at City Arts at my friend Steven Versus, who also has a dope ass uh, podcast, Overheard Orlando. He says, "Come to me, come meet me at City Arts." And I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go to City Arts." And I see Peterson. I haven't seen Peterson since the year before. This is after you know the pandemic and everybody's out back outside. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen him since the fall of the last year, and I had been told that you know he wasn't fucking with me like that, which wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And I saw him, he's doing his show. And he was like, yeah, I'm trying to put photographers on. Um, you can definitely show here. He was showing in the cafe. He was curating pieces in the cafe in City Arts. Mm-hmm. You want to do next month, which would be August 2020. I said, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And I put up my first, uh, I was like, I don't know what to do. That was uh, My Beautiful Dark. Mm-mm, that's um, before that. 
Okay. It was in August. Um, my uh, that one that was, was in like, that was in winter. That was right? in January of this year. Yeah. And so me and Gene got together with someone else. Um, I said, Gene, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna shoot for this show, but I'm gonna do video and I'm gonna do photo. I don't know what we're gonna do. Let's just go downtown and shoot. He was like, you got it. Let's do it. And we ended up shooting something gorgeous. And I shot a black and white trailer. And I knew that I wanted to do this. Like, I want to make pieces. Again, I always say create the culture around. But it's like the trailer is the door opener. It's like, wait, what is that? Yeah. It's something cinematic looking. It's something that kind of catches you. It's like, wait, 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 what's that about? And then... You come to the event and then you're experiencing this event and then you come out of it with pictures and this recap that's cinematic as fuck. What was that about? You know, we came up with it then. So the next month in October, I'm almost done. The next month in October, I had my first art show at Red Tape, um, but it wasn't hanging art. It was performance art. So I had people that were doing spoken word storytelling and we just dressed up it was during the day of the dead um festival that mm. city arts does and we wanted to show the african side of the day of the dead um which was met with a lot of shade from the former people that i was working with mm. like it was bad even to like the point where i felt like there was there was a lot going on yeah now i'll just say that um we're trying to shit on it and me they used to be in charge of city arts, you're saying? No, no, no. They used, no. This was just the group that I. That you used to fuck with. Yeah. Not anymore. No. Because <laughs> no. the one lady at city arts seemed cool as shit. They are very caring and yeah. they are open and curious and excited and enthusiastic about art. True. No, yeah, so. And I appreciate their enthusiasm. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> but, uh,. This this one, um, the storyteller, the main storyteller's son died the b the day before the actual show we were supposed to do, Damn. and it was like a clusterfuck. But it, we pulled through it. It's like a rickety rickety plane. It's like we landed, <laughs> we landed. But from that point on, I was people were asking people at City Arts why we hadn't collaborated yet. Have you heard of Tyler? Why haven't y'all worked together? Why haven't y'all worked together? Just like you were saying about your mom. Yeah. Came requested. I didn't come in there asking them what I can do. And in November of 2020, Barbara Hartley called me and said, Tyler, I have a challenge for you. Curate this show in January, which would be my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. And I did. I did. That was awesome. That was the first one that I went to. That was, that's the baby. Yeah. Um, I forgot to mention that um, when I was working for the previous conglomerate, I interned for two months at Mills Gallery on Mills. It's like a, so you know where Grape in the Grain is, mm -hmm. right? You know that apartment building, like right there, when you go, if you're going down uh, towards Princeton? Yeah, the newer one? Yeah, it's like a new, it's an art gallery on the bottom of it with like this giant cube. Okay. So anyway, I interned there. Okay. And dealt with this really racist, sexist, crazy oh. man, Boris. And yeah. And he 
he taught me a lot, but one thing I found out he said about me was she wants to be a curator so bad she's trying to take my place. Oh, so he was threatened by you. Yeah, and I wasn't even thinking about that. I was at the time, and this was that was 2018. I was literally just trying to learn about art because I didn't get it. Mm. It's something I'm like I don't understand what yet, and so I interned for him, and I was able to take some of the notes that I learned from my time there to apply it to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. And then we had Haani there to help me, literally teaching me how to measure and hang correctly, and just what what goes into curation and one thing she said was nobody really took the time other curators have come and not taken the time to actually hang the art mm. and i was like if i can't tell the story if i pick this art out and i can't tell the story and i can't lay it out and say where it goes you know there's a if there's an energy exchange here and i want to complete that by hanging it physically on this wall and I know it's like too deep for people, but it's like, no, but but what are we doing this for? Yeah. You trusted me with your art. These you want people me to curate it, let me fucking curate it. Let me curate <laughs> it. And I'm gonna treat your pieces with care. Yeah. Because I care about your story and your representation. The art show was not all black people. I led I left it open. I did I felt like when I was asked to do the cure the show, I think everybody was expecting some African style form Mm -hmm. you know because i had just done the that indigenous futurism with the crowns i was doing the african storytelling and i felt like nah didn't feel like doing that no because having a black show well i'm a black person so it's gonna have all the sauce of a black person being a part of it because i'm running it and curating it so why then do i have to create a theme that's just all black people yeah i don't feel like that so and i want to show that i could be i i had taste levels that exceeded what you would think you know so i left it open like that and it's and some people still called it my my black fantasy and i was like yeah it was like you know it wasn't about black people at all it was fire i filmed the cinematic trailer again for it filmed two of it and it was one of the busiest nights that um city arts has had like it was nut to butt crowded in there and it was one of the most busiest nights and we were afraid of it not being um we were afraid of it not being full because it's right right after the new year it's like it's the new year you know yeah top of the year you know and we didn't expect it to be and it was crowded yeah i remember and that's how i got started so it's culminated now into view house gallery which is a series of pop-ups, the gallery is the people. Mm-hmm. It's not, we the gallery, you know? And um, I, my goal eventually is to obtain a physical brick and mortar space. But even when we do, we're still going to focus a lot on pop-up yeah. events. So I launched that, it's a nonprofit. The artists get 100% of what they submit, you know? Yeah, I don't take a cut. That's not the norm, and that doesn't make me a good guy either. You should want to split some of your earnings with the gallery. They yeah. have to pay overhead. They have bills to pay. They almost have, like rent, sort of. Yeah, it is Ish, rent. Yeah, you know, and you're running the potential to sell. You should want to give them something. Yeah. So don't think that I'm a Robin Hood. Like that's not the case. <laughs> I just know, for me, it's my gift to you to not charge you the overhead, but don't expect that. 
So the View House Gallery is split into two segments, and it's the master classes and the pop-ups. The classes is the work. They get quiet, do the work. You're not going to see no pictures of you doing the work, mm-hmm. right? Your graduation culminates in the gallery pop-up, the event. We literally curate the space. We curate how it smells. Um, so for the last one that we just did at um, down the street, we had special wine glasses. Everybody got a headshot. Every artist got a headshot. Their art was captured and sent to them the next day. You know, how many people can say that they have walking electronic press kits? Yeah. You know, and that's what all of us need. It don't matter if you're just a, a painter or if you're an artist, but you need to be able to say, hey, please hire me. This is my headshot. <laughs> this is a representation of what I've been doing. What this is the art. EPK. Yes, an EPK. Yeah. Um, it's Electronic a fr- press yeah. kit. Yeah. Okay. It's a free EPK. Nice. And that's meant for you to be able to have better chances at submitting to these galleries, better chances at submitting to these grants, because there's so much money and so many opportunities that are available to us, but we don't know. And sometimes we don't have the confidence. I know personally, if I have a portfolio to back me up, I can talk with a little bit more confidence. Mm-hmm. And if I can offer that portfolio to an artist and help them along in their journey, that's what it's all about. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that's a good yeah, anything else you wanted to add, Miss Tyler? Queen Tyler. No, um, I wanna just say thank you to my husband. Shout out to does, Billy. To Billy. He does like so many like behind the scenes things that I don't often like you know, you get used to your family members, so you just kinda like, yeah, they're supposed to be there, but no, you don't have to do it. He drives um, he drives me everywhere almost and he takes pictures. He won't do video, but, <laughs> but he's literally like physically learned how to take pictures in order to support me on my journey. So like all those pictures on my Instagram, like that's just, that's him taking those pictures of Behind me. The scenes. Yeah. Or it's Jean Jean whenever he's here, but he ain't here. So, yeah. so Bill, Bill has to do it or my girl Bloom Theory. Um, so I just want to say thank you. And then to my children, thank you. Thank them because they keep me like human. Hell yeah. And because it's easy to get into power games when you out here, you know, your ego, your bad ego can kind of take over. So seeing being with my children like reminds me that like, no, you have more work to do. True. You ain't there yet. Still living this human experience. Yeah. You are a human. And not only that, but you're a woman and it's valid and it's okay. Oh, yeah. So I just want to say thank you. And thank you to you for like letting me talk about whatever. No, of course. You're <laughs> welcome a, back anytime. Yeah. This is an open forum. Like I said, love having people on here. We got to, maybe if you and I both talk to Gene, we can convince him to come on. I I'll have tell to call him. this the Gene episode. I'm going to tell him, yeah. Just to peer pressure him to yes, come on. Yeah, call here. it the Gene episode. <laughs> but yeah, like it's, um, <laughs> I just, and the last thing is, I just want to encourage everybody to be unapologetically yourself because that's what gets you. And it sounds so cliche, but. It's only one you. The minute that I really believed in the power of myself, my ability to get things done, and I really believe, I, I speak nicely to myself now. And when I changed my verbiage and my language with myself, the world opened up to me and I just talk to yourself more than you talk to anybody. 
Yes. And so speak positive. It, it has to be it has to be objective. It has to make sense. It has to, you know, don't lie to yourself. Yeah. But sit down and be honest with you and know where you're at and be efficient. I feel like the reason why I've experienced any type of success is because people call me because they know that I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. No excuses. I don't even give excuses no more. It's just if I couldn't live up to it, my apologies. Let me do better next time. But do what you say you're going to do. Man or a woman or your word, absolutely. And shut the fuck up. And shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> All right. Episode 64. We getting out of here. Tyla, appreciate you being Thank here. Thank you. Shut the fuck up, peace. I swear to God. Peace, you don't have to go home. You just can't stay here, right? Peace. Peace.